There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon, on actually the ultimate, the final Friday afternoon of the year, Tov Shin Ein Test 5779. If we are Zeche, next time we'll be broadcasting, we'll be next year, will be 5780, and a wonderful warm air of Shabbos to all of you in a Johannesburg that has seen a revisitation of winter this week, but I guess that's just to kind of warm us up and get us ready for, for, for the Yom, for the Yom Adin to sort of shake us up a little bit as the Schaefer and as Elul is supposed to do to sort of shake us out of our doldrums and, and kind of thoughts and get us, get us moving, get us motoring, get us alert, get us ready for, for the very, very special time. And this is an incredibly auspicious week. Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Nitzavim, Atem Nitzavim Hayyoyim Kulchem. We're all standing ready and rearing to go as we approach Rosh Hashanah. Yes, with a trepidation, with a fear, with the with the anxiety of what the year will bring, but with the confidence that Bezaz Hashem will be able to daven, will be able to do what we have to do, put our minds, put our hearts, put our focus into our prayers, into our, into properly carrying out the obligations of, of the day and, and thereby earning the merit, thereby earning the favor, thereby earning the closeness and relationship with, with our Kodesh Baruch that we so desire and which of course is the main point of the, the, uh, Holiday of, of Rosh Hashanah. Pashas Nitzavim short in sort of quantity, but packs a huge, huge pump. And of course we have the seminal Psukim in this week's Pasha where the Pasha tells us that Hashem says, I testify. I testify against you today, heaven and earth. I have placed life and death before you. The blessing and the curse. And I'm instructing you to choose life. Rashi comments, and maybe we'll just do the uh, the English. Choose, choose life. Hashem says, I instruct you to choose the portion of life. As, as, as a, a man would say to his son, choose this for yourself. And regarding this, the Pasuk says, Hashem in Nos Chelki, Hashem is my allotted, allotted portion. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, Vokosi and my, and my cup, you guide my portion, which means to say that you placed my hand Upon the good, the good, the good portion, telling me, take this for for yourself. That's how Rashi understands the pasuk, and it's a little bit difficult to understand what exactly is happening. What Rashi is is uh, is telling us, both in the pasuk and in and in Rashi's comments. Foremost, so the the desire of any living creature. To live and to stay alive is, is undoubtedly kind of the most powerful force that any person has that, that, and that Hashem put into creation. Every living thing, no matter how, how simple, 
will do whatever it can to preserve its life. Why was it therefore even necessary to command Klal Yisrael to choose, to choose life? Secondly, the, the, the wording in the Pasuk is, is a little bit difficult to understand because it's, it's, uh, uh, interesting that the Torah uses the word Ubocharta, you shall choose. Because choosing by definition kind of de- refers to the act of selecting something out of a, I guess a range of, of possible, possible choices. Right? Something that's not in the choice. If you would go to the shops and you're looking to buy a new, a new washing machine and you come home without having bought a slow cooker, that's not that you made a choice. You weren't even looking for a slow cooker. It wasn't even, there wasn't even Baba Cheshbon. It wasn't even in your, in your, in your possibility of, of choice. Why do we have to be told that we have to choose, choose life? Choosing is, is not, is not kind of uh, in our range of, of, of possible, uh, uh, options. I mean, the, the Torah is, is speaking about choosing between life and death. So it's very surprising as no one in, in their right mind would consider death a, a viable option. And you can't really be said that, that you're making an actual, an actual choice. Third question, why did Rashi fa- tell us both a marshal, this is how a father tells us, child, choose, choose something good, and at the same time, bring us a pasuk in, in Tehillim to, to support his, his explanation. If you, once you bring the pasuk that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is communicating to us to choose life, that seems to be sort of muvami alav, that seems to be quite clear even without a, uh, a, uh, a, a marshal. And, uh, on the contrary, what, what, what was even the point of, of adding that to the, to the, uh, to the, to the definition? And, and lastly, the postlet then ends with, so that you and your descendants will, will live. That's also very, very, very difficult. We know the Torah applies to every single Jew in individually. And if that's the case, so it should apply to your children, to your descendants, in exactly the same way that it applies to, to their parents. Meaning that the lives of your children, of your grandchildren, of all your descendants, should be contingent upon whether they choose to follow the Torah, whether they choose life. How does the Torah tell us, and, and Torah almost promises, a person long life for his descendants as a reward for you having chosen and, and the, a life and, and, and observed, and observed the, the, the Torah? The reality is that making choices isn't easy. There's, there's a medrash which has a very similar message and a similar marshal to, to Rashi's. And in fact, the, uh, the, the message says, and, uh, it brings the, uh, a, a quote of Amr Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha, Rabbi Yeshua ben Korcha, uh, uh, says, so this is comparable to a king who made a huge banquet and invited many, many guests to the banquet and his good friend was sitting amongst them and he wanted to, to, uh, he wanted to take 
a beautiful, good, the best portion of food. But unfortunately, this friend lacked the intelligence and therefore was incapable of determining which portion was, was the best food. So when the king saw this, that he, uh, that he lacked the intelligence and he, he didn't know what to choose, so the king went over and helped him and said, and took his hand and said, here, here, this is what you must pick. This is the, the best part. This is what I want you to, to have. And he actually placed his hand or put on his, on his plate the, the best food so that the friend will be able to get this, 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 uh, this wonderful portion. And, and we see from the, the Medrash that Chazal considered us almost lacking in, in, in intelligence, and therefore we would have a challenge, we would have a difficulty in making the choice between, between life and death. That's the parable, that's the, that's the, the, the marshal that we're too simple, we don't have the complexity of understanding, to understand what it is to make to make the right, uh, the right, uh, the right to choices, and and you know this it, this implies that in fact it's it's above our our pay grade. It's ab- above our ability to actually make that kind of a that kind of a a, a, a decision. So how to, how are we going to really un- understand this? So we're going to take a short break now. We'll come back and and put it all in in context for you. This is one one point nine high FM. This is Soul to Soul, the greatest radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio, on, as I say, the ultimate Shabbos of the year, Shabbos Kodesh Pashas, Nitzavim, as we always do at this Point in in our broadcast to let you know the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh starts this afternoon, no later than five forty-eight. Candlelighting is no later than that time. Get them up early, especially the last Shabbos of the year. We know the last Shabbos of the year can fix up and rectify any sort of shortcomings or any sort of uh, a bit of you know, slack that one might have had in the previous Shabbos. Let's make it tight. Let's make it taut. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Make sure we have our candles up on time. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at six thirty-seven. Thirty-seven minutes past six. Uh, uh, and that is the end of, of Shabbos. And of course, that's going to take us right into Erev, Rosh Hashanah, the day, the eve of, of Rosh Hashanah, the last day of, of this year and all the busyness and all the many things that have to get done on that day. Of course, Sunday night is the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. We'll all be in shul. We'll all be dominating. We'll all be doing what we need to be doing to express our, our Yiddish God, to expect our connection, to expect our incredible desire to make HaKadosh Baruch Hu and declare and coronate HaKadosh Baruch Hu as our king on, on Rosh Hashanah. What is the problem with making choices? The problem, of course, is the Gemara says in Shabbos that if one shechts an animal, if one slaughters an animal on, on Shabbos, what malacha, what uh, of the 39 categories of, of work is he held Accountable for. So the Gemara says that Chayav Mishum Tseveya. The Gemara says that you are, are, uh, if you slaughter an animal, you're liable for the Molocha of, of dying. 
And Rash explains, because you are, when, obviously when you spill the animal's blood, the, the fur, the hide, around that area gets, gets colored, gets colored blood. And the, the Baal Shem Tov explains to us, on a deeper level, what we're being told here is the greatest sheikhet, the one who really, really tries to shecht all of us and, and, and control and dominate all of us, is the, the, the Sahara, the evil inclination. And he, of course, tries to color everything. He tries to take that which is, which is really wrong, which is reprehensible, which is not there, which goes against Allah, and he dresses it up, and he, and he twists it in and out, and he make, puts it backwards, and he makes it seem like it's the greatest, the greatest uh, kind of a, uh, kind of a, uh, kind of mitzvah. That, uh, you know, we people that uh, do all kinds of things and they consume all kinds of copious amounts of who knows what of, of, of foods that are that are unhealthy and they kind of convince themselves that it's that it's uh, that it's OK, that we you know, we're, we're living it up. Uh, and there's a, uh, a, uh, a story said by Rav, Rav Eisner, the Mashkiach of Yeshivas uh, Kedusha Harim. He, uh, he talks about a story in in uh, in pre-war Poland. There was a wealthy businessman who, as wealthy as he was, he was quite unrefined in his kind of personal uh, behavior. But he had a son who was a tremendous masman and was considered uh, a tremendous chap when it came to shidduchim. He was one of the best uh, yeshiva bachrim in 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 Poland, and the local shatkin decided to suggest a match between this bocher and, and a girl from a very, very, uh, from very, very, uh, 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 important family of, of, uh, of, of B'nai Torah. And when the father of the girl asked about the boy's father, so the Shatrin, uh, 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 replied, the father isn't, isn't living. Right, so uh, so was Yatul Shmaya Baruch Hashem. The shidduch was was closed, and and the family of the Kala arranged a a a, a tanoim, an engagement party, and towards the beginning of the surah, they're all sitting on the mizrach, and 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 uh, and one of the guests, who was kind of sort of disheveled and had a very very kind of coarse manner, went and sat down at the head of the table next to the Mechutin and began eating very, very uh, noisily from, from all the cakes that were that were there. So the father of the Kala discreetly kind of asked them a few times to to kind of go sit somewhere else. And the man was shocked and and said, What are you talking about? Why should I move? I belong here. I'm I'm the Baal I'm the Baal Simcha. I have a, I have every right to to see I'm the father of the of the Chassan. So the father of the color turned kind of white, called the Shatrin into a, into a side room and began and demanded a, an explanation from him why, why he had tricked him by telling that the, that the Chassan's father was, was dead. The Shatrin therefore justified his, I guess, white lie by, by saying, what? <laughs> you call this alive? That's my leaven. You, you call this person, you call this person alive. That's, that's not alive. And it was although, although the, the, the father of the Hassan considered himself to be uh, the pinnacle of, of success, but in the eyes of the Torah, such a lifestyle would be considered 
<laughs> I don't know, the epitome of, of, of a wasted a- existence. So, but the problem, of course, is uh, in the fact that a person who is being tempted, who's being sort of strung along by the Yetzirah, cannot see things for what, for what they are. Because the Yetzirah successfully kind of paints a beautiful, a beautiful, uh, 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 picture for, 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 for us. So, now we can perhaps begin to understand why the Torah needs to actually instruct us to choose life and why such a choice will be considered a real and a difficult choice. Although when this question in, in, in theory is, is posed, it would seem obvious that everyone would choose life. But if you add into the mix and you add into the equation the the machinations of the of of the Yetzirah, who makes Averus look and appear as Nitzvahs and has a whole rationalization, a whole justification for everything that he thinks we should be doing, it becomes necessary to choose, as actually both options seem very very viable, making it it almost imperative. That a person invent in, in, and, 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 uh, and put himself into it and, and invest a concerted effort into examining all the different potential courses of action that, that he's faced with so that he doesn't fall prey to make the wrong decision and in fact chooses, chooses a, a, a life. And that's, and that's what Rosh Hashanah is all, is all about. It's not so much even about Doing, doing chuba and, and, and fixing up the things we've, we may have done wrong. That will come. That will come on Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is about life decision, choosing life. I want to choose a path that's going to bring me closer to Takarish Bach. I want to understand what the pitfalls are. I want to understand where I am particularly being, being, being connived to and, and, and being lied to and being tricked by the Yetzirah. And I need to turn myself in a direction where I'm going to be able to play, play avoidance therapy, get out of his way and continue to grow. That is the main job of, of Rosh Hashanah. We're on HaKadosh Baruch Hu's team. You want to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And we want to find the most direct route using the GPS that we know exists within the Torah to find that that destination. And that is the work of Rosh Hashanah. We'll be back with a few more comments after the break. This is 101.9 Chai FM. Don't run away. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio with our last segment of the week and year. Just a quick uh, relevant halacha for Hilchos Yom Tov. So we've said that with all the things that one's allowed to do on, on Yom Tov as far as food preparation is, is concerned and other kind of benefits that are allowed for Yom Tov, we're only allowed on the condition that there's something that would provide a, a benefit to all kinds of people. What Allah calls a dover hashove lechol nefesh. It's something that most people would enjoy and, and would want to have on, on their, on their, uh, on their yantav. But 
Chazal did not allow something that may be a very, very specialty type item and only perhaps very, very finicky or very particular people, or maybe, God forbid, only sick people would enjoy on on Yontif. Because in fact, the Apostolic says, only that which is desirable and liked by by everybody, only that can be used and can be done on, on Yontif. We don't really need that everyone should like it because there's nothing in the world that everybody likes and is used to, but it's, it's sufficient that most people would be happy to have Satcha Hano if they had the, the possibility. Therefore, let's say one of the things that's permitted is, uh, is shechting a goat, uh, a, a, or even a deer. Uh, most people are not going to have the opportunity to enjoy venison on uh, on yon, on uh, yonta fresh venison is not exactly something that comes easily or or cheaply but since most people would be happy would they have such an opportunity to eat venison they'd be quite happy to have that for their shabbos lunch therefore the shita of such an animal is considered a need that is considered uh, equally enjoyable and beneficial to everybody Right, I can use virtually any kind of spice to uh, uh, spice my food, even if they're very, very expensive, uh, exotic type of of, uh, of spices that most people wouldn't you wouldn't be able to afford to buy such things. But again, since if most people had the opportunity to have such a, a treat, they would jump at the opportunity. That is considered something that is uh, 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 available. And, and enjoyed by everyone. However, it would be forbidden to, let's say, uh, uh, to put uh, 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 spices on coals in order to, you know, make the whole house uh, uh, smell nice, or or something like that, or to put clothing uh, under these spices that they would smell, uh, uh, smell nice. Because again, most people, even if they would have the opportunity to do that. People don't do that. People don't put incense in their uh, in their house or on their on their clothing, and therefore putting such uh, spices around on uh, on on uh, on a fire on on coals would be forbidden from the Torah under the category of lighting a, a fire or extinguishing a fire, because that is not something that is considered a benefit that everyone would uh, would want to would want to uh, would want to share. Uh, we said that that uh, uh, even though that you could uh, have food for the meal and you could actually cook enough meal, let's say uh, you could make one type of main course and that would be would be uh, sufficient. But if you want to sort of really go overboard on your on your simplest yontif and you want to have two types of meat or you want to have three different kugels and you want to have lots of different cooked food for for yontif and you want to have fresh foods as that is uh, you know that's uh, something that's done when you have very very hotsy totsy fancy meals you have more than one uh, option so uh, if a person you know uh, wants to have fresh chalas right out of the uh, right out of the oven even though he already has other other chalas that were baked before yontif but he wants the fresh chalas you're still you're allowed to do that on Shabbos, you're allowed to bake additional chalas to add to the to the vineyard, to the to the to the, uh, to the incredible beauty of your of your of your suda. 
However, since obviously you can't uh, uh, light a new fire on on uh, on Yontiv, you can't then turn on the the uh, the oven, and therefore you're going to have to uh, do it. Is is uh, you're going to have to have a a a Shabbos clock, a timer that you set already from erev Yontiv, and it will go. Uh, it will go, uh, it will go on, and then you can, you can make your extra food, whatever it is that you, that you want, uh, 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 for, for the, for the, for the meal. Our time is up, and it's, it's time for us to, to take leave of you, so I just want to take the opportunity, first of all, to wish you all a good Shabbos, and then, of course, to wish all of our radio family, uh, a wonderful, Good gebenched your where Hashem should give you everything you could possibly want for yourselves in health, in in parnasa, in in nachas from from family, in in all the blessings you could imagine, and of course the greatest blessing of all, as the says, shalom the blessing of internal and external peace that will allow you to enjoy and really feel the pleasure of all the other gifts that Hashem that Hashem says us. Let's make this Rosh Hashanah powerful. Let's let's use it every moment of it. Let's pray to Hashem. Let's pour our hearts out. Let's unite. As a family, let's unite as a community, let's unite as Klai Yisrael, and let's daven that all, there should be an, an open manifestation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's glory in the world. And the Yedakopol, everyone should know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the master of the universe. May it, may it happy, may it happen speedily in our days, and to each and every one of you, a good Shabbos and a Shana Teva.